You're listening to episode number eight of the 5x5 special show. This is a special program that we uh, drag out from the dead every time that Apple or somebody else does something cool. And today, of course, we're talking about the uh, thrilling iPhone 5 announcement that came today, September 12, 2012. Uh, before we get started, I want to say thank you very much to our three sponsors, gazelle.com, shutterstock.com, and hover.com. We also want to mention that the bandwidth for this show and all the shows this month of September are sponsored by Igloo. It's your digital workplace. It means you can give updates, have discussions, and share files with your team all in one place. Sign up, get started, check them out, support the show. by going to igloosoftware.com slash Five by five. Okay, so joining me today, uh, first guest, long time since I've done a show with uh, with Christina Warren. Christina, how are you doing? I'm fantastic. I'm fantastic. I'm, I'm so excited to be here. This is like the highlight of my week. Highlight of my. It's so good to have you back, man. We used to do this show uh, together every week, and then uh, you know what? And then Li- I moved. Life, yeah, you moved, and life uh, it swallowed you whole, and you began this, this incredible voyage into this mashable thing. And uh, somehow you made time for, for us today. So thank you very much for, uh, for being here. It's great to hear your voice again back on, on the air with you. It's amazing. I'm so excited. Okay. We've also got uh, Marco Arment. How are you doing, Marco? Great, Dan. Thanks. Yeah. Well, welcome to the show, Marco. Uh, <laughs> Marco and I do a show together called Build and Analyze, in case you, you don't know that show. We've been doing it for quite a while. And uh, Marco is a creator, founder of Instapaper. And uh, I also have with me John Syracusa. Hello, John. Are you still there? I'm still here, Dan. Now, John is forewarned as John and I do a show, Hypercritical. I've uh, been doing that for quite a while, too. And, and uh, John has already done a show with me today, and he's making a special break in his schedule just, just to be here right now. So uh, he may need to leave. We've been told that he may need to leave. So if you have to go, then you're going to go. It's no big deal, right? No, it That's won't. right. Yeah. And uh, in the studio with me, a wonderful, a wonderful change uh, from usual, Hattie Cook, who is my producer. She's sitting in for the big the big special show, and she's going to sound good because she's on the mic right next to me. How are you doing, Hattie? Doing great. <laughs> Excited uh, to have you here finally. And let's see. Uh, so today, the big iPhone 5 announcement uh, comes out. A lot of the things that we thought would happen, happened. A lot of the things that we predicted happened, happened. Uh, I mean, we could recap this whole thing. I'll put some links into the show notes. You can get to the show notes if you want to play along at home, 5x5.tv slash special slash eight. And, uh, I mean, uh, Christina, you're, you've been writing about this thing on Mashable and covering it, and you did some kind of special fancy news thing. What's, what's the rundown? What are the main highlights of this? Well, I mean, I think the biggest highlight is that basically all the early kind of leaks pretty much nailed it. Um, I mean, we obviously got a much closer look at what the design actually looks like and, and what the features are. Um, I don't want to say it was a letdown because I hate to be that person. Um, but but it, it, there is something to the idea of, you know, when you have surprises, that's nice. And at least on the phone side, there really weren't any. Um, we did have some surprises on the other device side, you know, the iPod uh, Touch, the iPod Nano, um, and, and the rebirth, hopefully, of iTunes. Uh, but when it comes to uh, the, the phone itself, I think that the big thing was, was basically, yep, everything we expected was was the news. Um, that doesn't mean it's not great. That doesn't mean it's not exciting. Uh, it just means that there weren't any surprises, which is always less fun, I guess. Yeah, I mean, do you think we're at the point now where like there's just no way that we're that we're not going to have the surprise spoiled for us no matter what? I mean, your it's your hard. business your business is to like get the scoop on this, but it, it is to a certain degree, but I think the bigger thing, and it's not so much, you know, the, the, the people, um, 
you know, like us who are who are covering it, although the stories certainly do well for us. Um, the leaks at this point are now coming from the supply chain, which Apple doesn't have a lot of control over because it's happening in Asia. And people, uh, not us, I, I should clarify that, make that very clear, not us, but other places pay for that sort of, pay for those leaks. They pay for that coverage. Um, and, and then there are other incentives for the suppliers to leak that they're involved with Apple because it shows that they are an Apple manufacturer, an Apple supplier, and that can build a lot of business for them. So I think it's a lot more difficult. You know, in the old days, Apple used to be able to, uh, they were only supplying from a certain number of, of, of vendors and it was more difficult for these things to leak out. Uh, now it's much, much more um, easy to happen because these suppliers know how valuable it is for them to get the word out there and, and they can profit from it. So I, I kind of don't know what Apple can do. I mean, in the old days, you know, how most cell phones leak is that once they go into carrier testing, um, the information gets passed on. But Apple does all their carrier testing in-house. And I mean, and what so, can, at, this, at this point, though, like they can't bring all of their manufacturing stuff in-house. So we just have to no, kind of I, have I, to get used to this and accept it, right? I think, I think they have to get used to it, accept it, um, or they have to start offering better incentives uh, for suppliers for not leaking. I mean, honestly, I think that could do something. I don't know if they'd be willing to do that or not. But I mean, if they said, we will give you an extra bonus or, or per-yield thing if you don't leak our parts before we go live, I mean, that might be enough of an advantage uh, for people to, to keep quiet about it. But otherwise, I don't really know anything they could do other than trying to kind of bribe people to, to you know, not, not leak images and devices. But I mean, the fact that basically, uh, whether it was real or not, but fully built clones of the, the new iPhone were available, you know, two weeks ago in China, um, I think says kind of all you need to know about how hard it is to kind of keep a lockdown on this sort of thing, especially uh, when you're talking about manufacturing so many millions of units and, and uh, you know, so many different disparate parts of technology. Yeah, no, I mean, it, you make some really good points. I think it was it, we didn't really talk about it much this week, John Syracuse, but last last week you went over your predictions. Do you remember what your ratio was as far as what you got right and what you got wrong? I think I did pretty well because I said this event was going to be, well, the iPhone 5 that would exactly match the rumors, and it did, and that if they announced anything else, it would be iPods, and one of the things would be a new iPod Touch. You know, Speaking of keeping rumors under wrap, the other way to keep uh, these rumors from leaking out is to make people not care. So the iPod, new iPod <laughs> Nano, that was probably leaked somewhere, but not enough people cared about it, and so I was like, hey, wow, look, new iPod Nano. Like, not because of any increased secrecy, but because no one cares about the iPod Nano. So whatever rumor leak there was of the new <laughs> iPod Nano form factor... It was probably posted on one site and, and nobody cared or maybe it didn't leak at all. So that's the other strategy. If Apple could just get us to care less about their products, <laughs> they, we wouldn't have this frenzy of leaks where we all know exactly what the iPhone 5 is going to look like. So you've got, you saw the iPod, are you, uh, iPod Nano. Are you going to get one of these? The Nano, you mean? Or yeah, the Touch? the Touch. I'm sorry. Yeah, the Touch. Uh, probably. I mean, what am I going to do? Keep using my current generation, which is really the previous generation iPod Touch forever, I've got, I've got to get a new one. Either that or I get a phone. That's the other alternative. You asked me if I was going to get an iPhone 5. Yeah, what's the scoop on that? I don't know. I'm, I think you got to get one, dude. I don't know. I'm, I'm considering it. Wow, he's on the fence. Can you believe he's on yeah, the fence? I'm on the fence. Was like I, I, I said, look, I'm not going to get a, a 4 because the 4 and 4S, they're, you know, I'm, I'm passing that generation by. Maybe the 5 will be awesome and maybe I'll get that one. And the iPod Touch continuing to lag behind the uh, iPhone in terms of its internals makes me uh, consider the iPod, uh, the, the wow. iPhone instead of the iPod touch, but I don't have to wow. think about it. Marco right away. The first thing that comes to my mind is, you know, we've got the four inch screen. Apple yep. has brought folks into apparently, you know, behind the scenes, they're already building their apps. 
But, oh, it's going to be super easy to take advantage of that screen. I mean, obviously, this is something you've been thinking oh, yeah. about. What's what's your take on it? What do you have to do? Are you already have a release ready to go out or what? Uh, almost. I mean, a month ago, um, some people figured out how to hack the simulator in the developer betas to simulate the new screen size for you. And uh, and I actually, I, I was very busy this month and just got around to doing that yesterday for the first time. And uh, so I, I was able to run my app on uh, on the new resolution. And it worked fine. It was I need to I needed to make no changes. So, but the only thing is, you're probably going to have to build your app with the iOS six SDK, and maybe set a flag somewhere to enable it. So, I'm going to have to basically submit an update to Instapaper that contains no changes. Uh, just just as, <laughs> just soon, as, as soon as they give check. me the SDK. <laughs> so here, you know, I'm actually uh, everyone else was like refreshing the store, and uh, you know. Hoping, oh, let's let me hurry up and buy the iPhone, and let me hurry up and see the store. I'm refreshing the developer portal. I I, I really just want to download the GM SDK of iOS six, but it hasn't been posted yet. And I don't think I didn't see anybody mention it today in the various transcripts. Um, I don't think Apple's people mentioned whether the GM of iOS six would be available to developers today. They did not. They did not. All they said was you know available on the nineteenth, so it'll be available in a week. Mm-hmm. Um, but I imagine they'll. I would be shocked if they didn't see that and see iTunes 11 today or tomorrow, honestly. Oh, because, yeah, they didn't give us a date on the iTunes. So what do you think of, I mean, gosh, there's a, there was a lot. You know, if you think about this, there was a lot that happened in this keynote. I mean, obviously, you can go back. I'm, I'm resourcing, of course, sort of channeling Jim Dalrymple right now because I followed along with The Loop mostly and, and a couple other sites. You know what? The coverage is good. Nobody's sites crashed or anything this time, right? Yeah, Scribble Live didn't take a take a crap as, yeah, as always... it did. I know Scribble Live, who we use and a lot of other people use, like they had to give us a refund. I think last time okay. they crashed during the iPad three event. Um, I, I don't know. I think they'll probably see it late October. But but yeah, I mean, I, I would I would just personally expect a dev seed earlier, um, just because they probably want to get some testing done. But that that's just my personal kind of guess. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder. It's it's interesting because when you have an announcement like this. Everybody's focus, of course, is always on the hardware. It's always on, you know, where where are we going with the new version of the iPhone? But let, I mean, listen to these, some of these numbers. Not everybody follow. You know, they rely on us to to tell them what's going on. So we've got 380 stores in 12 different countries. They're coming into Sweden on Friday. 83 million visitors per quarter go to these stores. That's nuts. Seven million copies of Mountain Lion, John Syracuse, the fastest selling OS of all time. MacBook Air, they're number one in the market share for you in the US for notebooks. The year over year growth of Mac outpaced the PC. iPad is uh, is crazy. Seventeen million iPads last quarter. More iPads than any PC manufacturer sold computers. Oh, and to put in that perspective, I, I crunched the numbers last week when Google announced that they had, they're activating 70,000 Androids a day, which uh, tablets a day, which actually made me laugh out loud. Like I, I actually laughed out loud during the Motorola event because uh, it was hysterical to me. Um, and it ends up being <laughs> some microscopic percentage of, of you know, total Android activations. Um, and just using last quarter's numbers on the iPad, uh, Apple does 188,000. 900 um, iPad activations a day. So they're, you know, time and a half or so, you know, give or take um, Android uh, activations per day. And and that's, you know, all of Android. And I I believe that includes the Kindle. So, yeah, they're they're killing it. 84 million iPads sold through June. Last year, the iPad had 62% market share. This year, 
even after all of these competitors have come out, including, you know, our, our beloved uh, Nexus 7 and the Kindle, the iPad has 68%. 91% of all tablet traffic. This is, I mean, these numbers are just crazy. I, if, if you're a competitor to this, do you even have a chance at this point? Marco? No. John? Well, that's not entirely <laughs> true. I mean, you know, I, I think I think there's room for competitors here. And and I guess, you know, especially in, in the discussion about tablets, obviously I think we have to wait and see about this iPad mini, you know, if this thing happens this fall, which everybody seems to think it will. Uh, I think it's uh, obviously too early to, to, to talk too much about tablets. But, you know, with, with Amazon's tablets now out for the year and Google's thing now out and Microsoft maybe being out by next decade, it's, it's easy to look at the competitive landscape and say there's, there's room here for alternatives, but I don't know how much room. I mean, if Apple is still selling so many iPads and, and it seems like, you know, with, with that web browsing stat that 91% of, yeah. of web traffic supposedly is coming from iPads uh, among tablets, um, then that really just means that well, because, you know, if you include things that are really reading tablets, like the Nook tablet, the Nook Color, and the Kindle Fire, um, I bet a lot of people, you know, those sell in reasonable numbers, but I bet a lot of people don't use those as small computers and as web browsers the way people often use iPads. So, you know, it's it's hard to tell where competitors are and, and how strong the competition really is because these numbers are kind of weird here and there and kind of lopsided in, in these different usage patterns. Uh, but I do think there's room for competition, but I think most of that room is the low end, uh, very similar to to the uh, the PC laptop market where Apple has pretty much taken over the high end, um, except that I think there's a lot less room <laughs> in the tablet market um, just because people really just want tablets. You know, with computers, everyone has a computer. Um, when people want a tablet, they want an iPad. And... I don't see any sign of that slowing down. I mean, uh, Christina, do you think this is the right time to, or I guess next month, October is the rumor. Is this, is this the right time to come out with the iPad mini or junior as I prefer to call it? Yeah. iPad junior. I like calling it that too. You know, I get so much. I I I think it is um, only because I think that they're actually going to, they're going to be facing some very serious price competition from Amazon. Um, And, you know, I mean, I agree with Marco's previous comments, you know, that he said on, on, uh, you know, uh, uh, build and analyze about, you know, the quality of the Kindle Fire wasn't great. Uh, But as a consumption device, which is what I think a lot of people use these things for, uh, it's not bad. And, and certainly I think that the, the 10 inch version or the 8.9 inch version, um, looks compelling, but it's, it's really cheap. And I think that the, the Nexus seven is, is a great tablet. I got one for my husband and and he loves it. He didn't like his iPad, but he loves that form factor. So I think that as much as I personally don't like the form factor and I kind of think it's unnecessary, I do think that it's probably the perfect time to launch it because you're getting right in before people start buying Christmas gifts, um, you know, right at the end of the year. And it's, it's a really good opportunity to kind of capture 
that huge audience uh, of apps they've built up. I mean, I thought that was one of the most impressive things that, that Apple said is, you know, they now have 700,000 apps in the App Store and 250,000 of those are for the iPad. And that, that figure is up even from June, you know, when, when they did their, their big um, announcement of, of stuff in June. Um, 250,000 apps. And, and that's significant because still the vast majority of Android apps are not optimized for a tablet, not even a seven-inch tablet. You know, you, you're stuck with the, you know, mobile view as, as your default. And when people are wanting to do, do things on their tablets, whether it's watch videos or, or you know, play games or, or write or, you know, take photos or do whatever it is that they do, they want those tablet-optimized apps. Um, and I think that that remains Apple's biggest selling point, and especially if they can say, look, you can get all those same apps, but just in a smaller, more portable package that costs less money. I think a lot of people are going to jump for that. Uh, I do wonder what that's going to do to some of their iPod Touch sales, potentially. I mean, I think that they're kind of really targeting the iPod Touch now as being more of a kid's device, especially now with the colors and the, the camera loop and some of those things. Um, what, do you think, think, what do you make of this camera loop? I mean, that... Well, I think that... Does that it, seem well, like, a, like a Jobsian decision or not? You know, it kind of does. It, it, and the reason I, I say that is because if you remember, you know, the iPod Nano has had like six or seven iterations now, right? And they keep going back and forth on the damn form factor. And I wish they would just pick a freaking <laughs> stick with it. Like, I don't understand. Like, they're back at the candy bar thing again. Um, and I think that actually the one that had the um, the video camera on it, I, I think it was the fourth generation Nano, the one that came out in, in 2009, I believe that it actually had a loop on it for um, a, a wrist thing. Um, and, and certainly the early iPods had that too, where you could put in a loop at the bottom um, to have like a, a wrist thing. I remember that on my, on my second generation iPod um, having that. So they've certainly had that sort of thing before. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I think that, you know, they made a big deal about how it's the, you know, biggest selling gaming device. Most of the times that I see the iPod Touch, it's kids using them. You know, parents get one for their kids. They want them to have apps, to watch movies, whatever. But I think now they can also say, and now you can have Instagram. You know, now you can take photos and, and, and your videos and do that sort of thing. And it becomes a an inexpensive, although certainly not cheap, uh, starting at two ninety nine. Um, you know, camera, media player, you know, um, music player, whatever, everything but a but a phone. So. Uh, but I, I do wonder if they're going to end up kind of bifurcating their their market a little bit because I I have to think that the the iPod you know mini or iPod ju- iPad Junior rather I have to think that the iPad Junior is going to have to be priced somewhat competitively with I love the that other- you're calling it the Junior. I it's funny I call it <laughs> internally too so I'm totally with you on the calling it the Junior I like that way better than the Mini I think but but I know they'll call it the Mini or whatever but I, I almost feel like they're going to have to price that. No more than if it's more than two forty nine. I think they're going to have a problem. Honestly, um, uh, they might be able to get away with two ninety nine. I don't know, but even if they do it at two ninety nine, that's the same price as as the iPod Touch. So you kind of wonder, okay, so what's the advantage, you know, of one versus the other? Yeah, you got the Retina display and this and that, but, but what's the advantage? I think most people would probably rather have a little bit larger size, and and I, I think that's where it gets a little bit weird. Um, you kind of get into that line where it's maybe a similar sort of device and similar needs and similar pricing, um, but two different options. So I think that'll be sort of interesting to see how they position the the smaller iPad, um, if one indeed exists. And, and as I've said, I, I personally am not a fan of it. I, I don't think it's necessary, but I can also see why they would figure that now is the time tablets are popular enough. Uh, people are showing that they do like these lower cost devices for Apple to say, well, you know, we can make one too and you can take advantage of our vastly superior ecosystem of apps 
um, and and kind of you know be as, as your way to get into the iPad free. And then after you realize how much you love it, next time you're going to get the the full the full fledged device and and go with the you know the bigger form factor and the screen and all the features that we really like to show off. Interesting, John Syracuse. Any comment on the the potential that you might get an iPad Junior? That I might get an yeah, iPad? Yeah, because I'm still wanting you to get one of these. I'm, I might. I'm Notice he will it. not call it a junior. Did you notice No, because I don't like junior. Right. Bad PC junior memories. You know, <laughs> speaking of tablets and the, the tablet market, did you see this uh, email that just came in while we were recording Hypercritical this afternoon from somebody who claims to have a little birdie? So this is third-hand information uh, about, uh, according to Amazon's own metrics, what the most popular application on the Kindle Fire is. You want to guess? Assuming you didn't read the email. It's Instapaper. It is yeah, not right. Instapaper. <laughs> I don't know. What is it? <laughs> I can well, guarantee I'll, you it's not. <laughs> let's put it the other way. What would you guess is the most popular application on an iPad? I don't know the answer to this, but like Facebook. What would you guess? <laughs> Facebook is a good guess. Twitter? I would say Safari. Safari. Oh, well, third right? party? Or, third party or, or, or first party? So the most popular application, period. Mm, oh, Safari or mail? Safari or mail. Yeah. One what do you, two, what right? do you think? So the most popular application on the Kindle, again, third hand according to Amazon's own metrics, according to this person, yeah. is the ebook application, the Kindle ebook reader that comes with the well, device. Of course. So that I mean, but but you say, well, of course, but it would be crazy if we say even, you know, say the iPad came with iBooks, which it doesn't, but if it did, would we say, Oh, that's gonna be obviously that's gonna be the most popular application on the iPad? It means people are buying Kindle Fires, but they're using them as glorified color book readers and not as little tablets. I wonder if that will change, but that basically that's why the iPad is owning the tablet market, not because other people aren't selling a lot of iPads, but if everyone's buying those iPads and not even considering them like application platforms, a, a thing through which I, you know, buy apps and participate in that, or even just like browse the web, but it's like, no, this is, it's like a Kindle, but it's color. And that seems to be how people are using them. Now, maybe that'll change with the HD models and the big one, and maybe it'll, you know, become a real tablet competitor. But the same kind of thing with Android. It doesn't really matter how many more Android phones and stuff people buy if people use them in a different way. The danger for Apple is that suddenly one day all of the Android owners wake up and start using their devices the way they're able to be used. Like they start buying apps, they start you know doing all the stuff that they're currently browsing the web, doing all that stuff at once. Then suddenly Apple has a big problem because they're selling they're selling tons of Android devices. It's just that the people are using them is like, man, it's a phone and like it does one <laughs> other thing. Right, they're not using them like people use their iOS devices. But why don't why don't they wake up then? Why don't they wake up? Well, keep in mind know. also with the Kindle Fire in particular, and and I don't think this applies to any other well-known Android tablets. The Kindle Fire in particular is a weird beast because it doesn't have Google's apps on it. So if you want to use it as a web browser, you can't use the Google browser. If you want to use it as an email client, critically, it doesn't have the Gmail app. So as far as I know, you can't install them. I, I don't know that for sure, but as far as I know. I don't think you can even install them. So like email and web browsing and stuff actually really suck on the Kindle Fire because you have to use Amazon's terrible apps instead of Google's. But they use Silk. Isn't that, doesn't make web browsing better? No. <laughs> no, it makes it way worse. It's terrible. No, I, but, but I think what's interesting, um, you know, if you look at web browsing statistics, at least from phones, Android is caught up with iOS. Um, I, mean, I mean, it really has. People are, are using the browsers on, on their Android phones the same way. It took a long time, but it, it happened. And, and on tablets, it hasn't. But what's interesting is that, you know, Apple was saying that the average number of apps that, you know, users download is about 100 um, or more. Um, and I, I would venture to say that that's significantly higher than anything you get on, on Android phone or tablet. 
Um, so yeah, I think that they've, they've definitely seeded the ecosystem better. But, but I will say, you know, even compared to six months ago, the, the likelihood that a major player is going to do a dual release on both iPhone and Android is now significantly higher than it used to be. Um, you still don't see them coming out for Android tablets. They, they tend to not care, but they are doing the, the releases, you know, at the same time for the other major apps. Which is interesting, um, and and even six months ago, that that hadn't that trend hadn't quite caught up yet. You're not seeing Android for, first at all, with, with very few exceptions, but they are starting to catch up at least in, in offering it. So, but I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, they do potentially have a very big problem if people wake up and realize that the device that they have could be used beyond what just what they're doing with it. I was just reading on a blog right now that apparently you can get. Uh, the Google apps on the Kindle Fire, you just have to enable the install outside applications. It's like you, but you have yeah. to go in and, and, and turn that on. And turn on. that on, yeah. And then you see it, what, in the, in the store? It's there in the store? No, it's not in the store. You actually have to go to then a third-party site where you download mm-hmm. the... Man, no one's going to figure that out. Yeah. Like regular human, like we would figure it out, <laughs> but regular human beings are never going to figure it out. And you know, that's who has a lot of... I think there's, there's a large subset of, of the geek listeners out there of course, they love iOS. They love iPhones. They love all this stuff. And then there's another subset who's like, we like the freedom of Android, you know, whatever. And they're going to know how to enable this. But most of the people who have Android devices are not savvy people. They just have a phone and it, ha- it, it does stuff. Oh, and by the way, like we would know it has Android, but they have no idea. So the idea that even people who buy, are buying Kindle devices, they're not going to know any of this. They're just going to use their device and, and Amazon is going to control their entire experience. So the fact that you can turn it on, it's almost useless to most, most people who have a Kindle, I would think. Oh, totally. I mean, one of the first posts I did when we got our Kindle Fire is I was able to figure out how to install the Nook app on the Kindle Fire <laughs> right. because I just thought it was funny. So I was actually the first person to do that. I was actually really excited by that because I just thought it was hysterical. I was like, I'm going to put the Nook app on the Kindle Fire. But you're right, but it becomes this whole huge kind of thing of getting things to work together. But you're also right in that, like my husband, um, who I have converted, you know, into being a full-time Apple lover, um, but but he does still like his Android a little bit. He got the Kindle Fire. He got one off of Craigslist for like 85 bucks. Um, and he put, you know, Synonogen on it and uh, bricked it the first time, almost killed it, had to open it up and like literally like, you know, solder two points to get it back to life. It was this, this huge ordeal. Um, but uh he used that for a while and, and liked it okay until he got the Nexus Seven. Um, but that was, but he couldn't use the stock interface. It, it just, it wasn't enough for him. Um, so I think you're right. I think there's a very much a core, you know, kind of contingents out there that really likes the geekier nature of, of of the Android stuff, which is great. You know, I mean, I think you see the same thing in iOS. You know, with, with the the jailbreak community, um, uh, not as much in, in in recent times because I think Apple has you know closed a lot of the holes that you kind of need jailbreaking for. Um, but it's certainly, you know, there there are those people who love to tinker, but that's not the regular users. And like my mom would certainly, I mean, no, <laughs> you know, she loves her iPad, but but it's enough for her to be able to search and find apps to download. Uh, to to try to have to go beyond that at all, I I don't think that that would ever be anything that a normal user would ever even consider. Now, listen, let's do our first sponsor. It's Gazelle dot com. This is perfect timing for this. It's almost like perfect we, timing. It's almost like we planned it. It's almost like we almost. planned it to happen this week. Uh, gazelle.com. This is, you go to gazelle.com and you basically you sell them your old stuff. Like that's, that's what it's for. You have an iPhone, you have an iPad, you have a computer. It doesn't have to be iOS stuff. It could be anything. It could be any, any smartphone you have. Just technology. 
You go to Gazelle, G-A-Z-E-L-L-E.com, same way that John Syracuse pronounces Bazelle. And you go there and you tell them the condition of your device. It's mint condition. Ah, it's got a scratch, whatever. And they'll pay you cash for this stuff. They can give it to you with PayPal. They can send you a check and you lock in a price for 30 days. So if you go like right now before the iPhone 5s start shipping, you'll probably get more money for your iPhone 4 or 4S. Uh, and you basically just lock in a price with them and they give you money for it. And you've got 30 days to do that. So you can wait until after the 21st when you get your new phone to send them your old phone and you'll still get the money for it. And uh, they do such a cool service. I've used them for a a number of old devices. Marco, you could use this instead of your garage sale, I bet. And uh, they pay for shipping. They do everything. And it's, it's really, really cool, really great service. And they're a wonderful sponsor. Glad to have them on board. Check them out. Gazelle.com. Thanks very much for making the show possible. I want to kind of jump ahead a little bit uh, to the to this to this new lineup because we had speculated, I think, uh, on on a number of different shows, as to what the iPhone lineup. We did this with the iPods too, but what is the iPhone lineup going to look like after today's announcement? Is the 3GS going to stay around? Is the low end model going to be the four and the 4S is a 99 phone, and then the new ones are, and that's exactly. That's exactly what happened. And it's the lineup currently is, let's see, the iPhone 4, 8 gig, free. iPhone 4S, 16 gig, 99 bucks. And then the iPhone 5, 16 gig, 199, 32 gig, 299, 64 gig, 399. Same prices as the iPhone 4S with contract. Off contract prices, I'm assuming, are going to be the same too. So I forget who I talked about with the most was it was it you john that we talked about this lineup last week or is it marco was it me? Um, I, don't think. I don't think it was me i don't know it could have been me it was i don't just remember a dream anything. a very vivid dream monday's a blur um it could have been i mean i think what's interesting is that the 3gs is gone you know a lot of people myself included had speculated that the 3gs would stick around for one more year as a very cheap model uh maybe in emerging markets or you know only for sale on 3gs is gone history well, we think. I mean, it, they might still keep them around in emerging markets that we just don't, that we haven't been told about yet. Uh, but as far as I, as far as we can tell, it's gone. It's gone. At least on Apple.com, it's gone. Yeah, it's gone. You right. know, it's as good as gone. Carriers will probably still have them. I'm sure they'll still have them in Apple stores. You know, for for refurb units or whatever. But I mean, if you're going to have free as as if, if your free tier phone is going to be the four. You know. That's a sweet deal. I mean, think about that. The iPhone 4 is not that bad of a, of a phone. I know lots of people who have a 4. And a, oh, it's a great phone. For a free it's phone? A great phone. That's crazy. Well, I would also think actually, like their yield prices would be enough. I mean, unless you're in a market that doesn't have 3G at all, in which case I don't even think Apple wants to be there. You know, like parts of India, I don't think they actually care about being there at all, um, which is like, ironically, like the only areas where BlackBerry does well at all. Um, <laughs> it, but That's it's awful. <laughs> It's true. I'm not lying. (laughs) Indonesians love their damn Blackberries. Freaking India loves their damn Blackberry. Like, Grim is like their most popular brand. They're the only people who care. No one else cares at all. Um, uh, No one. Um, And and I say this as a a former Blackberry user and lover. But, uh, you know, I mean, at this point, their yield prices are probably low enough that, that they can get a good rate the, probably the same rate with the with the carriers, the major ones anyway, for the for the four as they got with the three GS. I mean, it's three years old. I'm glad it's dead. Hopefully, it's dead. As a developer, I'm sure glad it's dead. Yeah, I was going to say, I bet you are. But although that being I can't even said, imagine dealing with that, the the death of the three GS um, 
was not as desperately needed as the death of the 3G the year before. That was, the 3G true. was way harder to support. The 3GS really isn't that hard to support because it isn't that much slower than an A4. It isn't that much less RAM for only a phone-sized device. So it really supporting the 3GS really wasn't that bad, um, which is probably one of the reasons why Apple was able to cram some parts of iOS 6 onto it. Right, um, it's not pushing that many pixels, you know, like the four. Right. You know, you have a graphic, you know, to push the double pixels. It's not doing, you know, that much. Yeah, I can. I see will that. say though. Um, did, did you guys know what was the unsubsidized price of the 3GS before today? I thought it was 300 bucks. I think it was 300. I'm almost positive. Because the unsubsidized price for the iPhone 4 is now 450. Okay. Which, so that actually which, raises the bar so of the, the cheapest off-contract iPhone you can get. You know, I was looking at AT&T earlier and I think that it will actually no. You know what? I think it might have been. It might have been higher though. It might have. Been, it might have been. It might have been four. Uh, might have been three fifty um, for the unsubsidized price because I was trying to look at when I can upgrade my phone um, and I can upgrade Grant's, which was mine now, and then I have to wait six months to upgrade um, the four S if you I stay with the. The uh, I just checked the subsidies uh, for my AT and T eligibility for me and my wife and. Right. Last year they they bumped them forward so or they they, they made them longer. So last year, um, your unsubsidized date instead of being like thirteen months after your contract opened became like eighteen months. Now your unsubsidized yes. date is almost almost the full two years. I, I'm it's showing now that uh, if you bought an iPhone 4s last fall with the subsidy, you don't get another subsidy. For me, it's June fourth for one of my friends, uh, Casey Liss. He said it was in May. Um, it mine looks was like they're May. pushing. Mine was May. I got my launch date, and and I and that which makes sense because I ended up having I ended up having to place a second order, so I don't think I got it until like maybe like first of November. So it's six months early, which is what they did for the four um, as well. Um, they they used to have the whole thing where you could upgrade, you know, like a year early, and then they got rid of that and said for iPhone only you can upgrade six months early. Now if you're Verizon, you have to wait the full year. Like uh, one of my colleagues, it's like October nineteenth, like is is when she can upgrade, um, twenty thirteen. Um, is when wow. she can upgrade. So she's got to wait the full two years. So AT&T is actually better in that regard, but I'm still looking to the fact that, but they're only going to give me, but the difference though is that they used to give you $100 off of your subsidy price, of your upgrade early price. Now it's only 50. So why, why would I do that? Why wouldn't I just buy the phone outright and not extend my contract if I was going to have to spend that much money anyway? Um, so, you know, I, I don't know yet if I'm going to switch to Verizon. You got to um, switch, come on. Well, I have the Ryzen iPad. Um, I, it's I don't fast, know man. The LTE on that is oh, I know it is insane. I have, the, I have the LTE iPad. I love it, but we have LTE and, and AT and T as well. I don't know. I think it depends on what uh, what it will do, if anything, to, to Grant's plan because I don't think he wants to switch. Well, he can't, you know, because he's got my old um, iPhone four, and I, I could give him my four S. But um, I, I guess it, it depends on that. Um, actually, no. I think I'll switch because then I don't have to pay. See how tiny you'd switch. I mean, See, I'm I, I probably going to switch, even though if I do switch, I'm going to have to buy a uh, Verizon femtocell for my house because I have, I, have, I have no coverage in my house for Verizon. But everywhere else, I mean, I, I've, I've had the Verizon LTE iPad now for however long it's been since it came out, and I love it. It is so much better than so AT&T's. Fast. And Best AT&T in New York, where I am, AT&T's uh, LTE service is officially deployed, but... As I said on my show this week, it, 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 it might as well not be. You hardly ever get it. And even if your phone will even <laughs> say LTE, you try to make a connection and it times out. So it's, you know. And what's funny is that we, I've compared it side by side because where my office is, I'm, I'm also in New York and, and we're on East 23rd and Park Avenue South. We're, we're near the Flatiron. Um, it's technically AT&T. You're near will show like, 
we are. <laughs> so we're technically, you know, like um, AT&T sometimes will show more bars, but if I do a speed test, Verizon always kicks AT&T's ass. Um, uh, if, if especially, which is funny because we, we'll take like the Galaxy Note or, or whatever AT&T LTE hands that they've sent us, and then I'll pull up my my iPad and you know it'll it'll trounce it. Um, but but yeah, I, I think for most people, AT, uh, Verizon's going to have the better network, but it just depends on when you can upgrade and, and how much it'll cost and, and all that stuff. What, what do you have, Hattie? You have the AT&T I one? I do. I have the AT&T one. I haven't done any tests or anything on them, but it's pretty, it pretty has, good I mean, for me. AT&T, I mean, LTE from, and, for what I'm doing on it. So, you know. yeah, I just think the Verizon is so much faster. Yeah, we ought to do like a side-by-side speed test. This load load up the same sites. I mean, we you know I don't I'm not going to run these benchmarks. You know, one thing nonsense. I'm curious because you know as I try to figure out whether Verizon covers my area well enough to switch to like my immediate area to switch to it. Yeah. Um, does any do any of you have both a Verizon iPhone and the Verizon iPad so I can so you yeah. can tell me like both, do they man. both get do they like does the is the iPad a fair representation of re- Verizon reception? I I have found that the Verizon iPad LTE. Get is I can get much better connection on the the Verizon LTE and like the Verizon iPad in general than I do on my Verizon phone. Like I'll have the the iPad sitting there on the desk, and it'll have a great connection and great speed. And then the phone on just like the regular three G, it'll have like a one bar less. Remember we did the test the other day with the my phone's AT and T yours right. Verizon and and we had the sprint yeah and the, the sprint, sprint one phone. too and that was we were driving around and I and we had to, she had the three the three different phones out. We should have brought the iPad <laughs> testing locations testing locations <laughs> and and seeing what's going on with this and and consistently I would and this this is here in Austin yeah the it a, depends on location the AT and T phone. Main maybe wasn't it? It didn't have as many bars, but it always but it had better reception, better reception mm-hmm. than than Verizon, which is why I was the other day saying, "Oh, maybe." Well, I'll damn, go it there. should. They have a they have a huge AT and has a huge outlay there. You know, they're based in, in Dallas. I mean, Atlanta. Although it's funny because Atlanta, where you should have the best AT and T coverage anywhere, because it's where Singular was based and 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 where most of their cell towers and all that stuff are are, are based. But I still had terrible coverage, um, even though I was literally like half a mile away from one of their towers and like didn't have, you know, trees or anything obstructing my view in my office when, when we used to do our show, Dan, you know, I would frequently God, have terrible that coverage. Show. That was the best show. Me too. Me too. Thanks for quitting. <laughs> Wait, I didn't <laughs> wow. mean to say that. A hundred countries, 240 carriers worldwide by the end of the calendar year. And that's crazy. Uh, think about that though. A hundred, hundred countries, 240 carriers that they're working with. And that that is huge. And yet, you still, who is it? Uh, and we were reading one of these chats, and uh, somebody says T-Mobile is still just a bridesmaid, <laughs> and they're like the most unloved carrier. Well, it's Why? their own fault. What are they doing okay. wrong? Okay, well, it's it's a couple things. So first of all, Deutsche Telecom desperately wants to get rid of them, like desperately, like can't get rid of them fast enough, which is why they wanted to sell them to AT&T uh, because the Germans are just like, we've had it. They've been trying to make money off of them for for years and they can't. And, and I know this because Grant, my husband, used to work um, at a T-Mobile's uh, headquarters in Atlanta um, as a, uh, he was a consultant, but he was like a, an in-house consultant. So he like worked in their building beside their people and he did all of their their data billing and, and uh, revenue assurance stuff. So he actually like knew how many numbers reported in and reported out every month. And it was something like twice as many numbers reported out as reported in each month. Wow. Um, 
And, and that was before the merger announcements, and I'm sure that's only increased. Uh, but the biggest problem is that they've never bothered to invest in the next generation technology. Now, part of that was, I think, because they thought that the AT&T deal was going to get approved and they wouldn't need to. But Deutsche Telekom has no interest in buying Spectrum and in expanding into LTE because they don't want to invest more in what they basically see as like a money sink. Um, so the problem with that is that means that they can have HSPA plus and, and they can, you know, tout how good their 4G is all they want. Um, but it's never going to go to the next evolution and, and the really fast speeds and the really good bandwidth, especially when, you you know, it's much less congested on, on 4G now. Um, they're not going to be able to take advantage of that. So whereas, you know, Sprint has finally kind of converted and it's jumping on the bandwagon, you know, Verizon and AT&T are, are gung-ho and you've got like six carriers in Canada, I think, and and whatnot, like they're they're staying with the older technology. So either until somebody, a deal is approved for someone else to buy them, um, which Sprint had wanted to buy them before AT&T, and, and then, but they were low-balled. So, uh, you know, assuming Sprint doesn't go out of business themselves, then that might, you know, that merger might happen. You know, I, I just don't see Deutsche Telekom wanting to invest um, in buying Spectrum and, 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 you know, doing deals. And I think until then, they're, they're not going to get Apple um, because I think Apple... It, you know, wants to be able to, you know, have as few radios and as few different frequencies they have to align for as possible. And, and especially with LTE as, as it's more complex, you know, I, I, I think that they'd much rather focus on, you know, LTE first and foremost, backboning to, to the other stuff, but but not even bothering with the with the T-Mobile things. All right. So li- li- plus, honest, plus they're a cheaper carrier. I mean, well, and the, the real thing is honestly, too, is that if you look at who your customer is, even though it's not demonstrably different from your Boost Mobiles and your, your, your Virgin Mobiles and your other prepaid carriers, you know, the, the clientele and the average, you know, uh, you know monthly selling price and, and, and the churn rates and all that stuff aren't as attractive for, for phone makers either. Um, you know, I mean, Samsung is with them, but Samsung will go with anybody. You know, Samsung just wants to sell as many phones as they can. But it's not like you see other flagship devices or anything um, on on that network. It's not like you see the Lumias, like the, the 920 likely won't be there or, or, or whatever. You know, they're, they're just always, as, as, you, as you, you said, you know, always the bridesmaid. <laughs> well, so listen, John Syracuse, this might be of interest to you because I know you're big on antennas. Uh, a little bird is telling me uh, that none of the iPhone 5s are truly a world LTE phone. And here's the stats on this. For your antenna documentation, Gia, the, the GSM 1428 is the AT&T US and all Canada LTE phone. The CDMA 1429 is the Verizon Sprint US KDDI Japan phone. And the GSM 1429 is the everything but US Canada and KDDI Japan phone. Uh, so what this means is Japanese customers can't buy one phone unlocked and swap carriers if they want. Are they missing, is the alphabet soup that they're missing UTMS? Yeah, I think I think so. I never can get these acronyms I don't know right. What these are. Hang on. They, they, he, man, he listed this. Okay, GPRS e, Edge a, EVDO. Do you say EVDO? How do you say that, John? UMTS. HSPA HSPA plus HFS HFS plus DC HSPDA and LTE is what this thing has. Yeah, this is yeah. like uh, PCMCIA cards. Really, yeah. maybe these guys need to <laughs> wrangle their acronyms and. Uh, you, know, you would think these would be coalescing around a single standard, and I guess it's a question of the old infrastructure going away and the new one replacing it. LTE is a step in the right direction because it's fewer letters, isn't it? Just three. So we've got, now do we have 5 gigahertz Wi-Fi in the 4S? Not dual. Not dual. And this has, the new one it's, has it's, dual. 
Yeah, so it'll both do the 2.4 and the 5. And the 5. It's got the A6 chip. And one thing that was really interesting about this was when they show the big... I mean, obviously, we haven't watched this yet because I don't think it's available to watch yet, but we saw the pictures. And one of the pictures, they show a giant green battery. And, you know, of course, you wonder what what kind of battery are we going to get? So they didn't get really specific. They said it exceeds the battery life. Yeah. No, it was really funny. It was really funny because uh, our guys who were there live, they were saying in our live, like, they're like, and that's all they said about the battery. That was really quick. (laughs) So it almost seemed, you know, maybe by design that they didn't want to focus too much on it, which, uh, which is sort of disappointing because I mean, because it's for me, that's like the big, the big, that's going to be the big make or break thing. I think, you know, is, is, is have they managed to, to improve the battery enough, um, so that this thing will not die totally on, on LTE because every other LTE phone I've tested, I mean, that's just, it's a nightmare, you know? Another one of my predictions that I got right, I said battery power would probably be a wash, maybe, you know, a couple percent in either direction. But and, and it gets back to we talked about it on a past show is that the volume of the new iPhone is smaller than the volume of the previous one. And it's just just physics like you can. Yeah, sure. The CPU is shrunk. It, the CPU can take less power. The screen, you know, you, what can you do? But like the, there's only a certain amount of room left for a battery and you've got LTE on this phone and you didn't have it on the previous one. And there's a certain amount of power you need to transmit, you know, and, and receive. And it's just, it just takes more power than uh, the 3D chipsets, even the smaller version. So having it be a wash is, as they tried to tout, quite an achievement. And they can say, oh, it gets better, but it's within the margin of error, like better according to their testing, but not so much that they were willing to have 17 slides saying, look at, you know, it's so much, they didn't even name a percentage, I think. They just said, it's even better than the iPhone 4 by an amount that we're not going to spec- <laughs> specify. Next slide, please. Which is, it's, it's like it's good. better than the like, 4S. And the 4S had crappy battery life for most of us to begin with. So how long, like, do you, how long does your battery last usually? How long? Like, what, what do you get out of it? Mine dies in like a whole day. Mine's at 2% by 8 o'clock. And, it's and, and it's not like it's not like you're using it like constantly making no, calls constantly. It's just sitting, sitting there. It's sitting there. <laughs> and then no, it if seems I like I'm plugged in. I can't get through the day if I don't have it plugged in. And is that a reception thing? Is it is it the location services doing that? What's what's the cause of that? Is it Instapaper? I, <laughs> I think Instapaper. it's I, I, yeah, I, I, play, I, blame, I blame Paperboy mode personally. No, um, <laughs> actually, it's it's funny because I was having major issues with mine. It was getting super hot and and whatnot. And so I and why it does out. it heat up like that? So it be heating up. That's, like, well, that's like apparently software corruption. <laughs> that's apparently software corruption. Um, at least that's what the guys, the, the diagnostics, the guys at the Apple store said. Oh yeah, your software is Sounds like BS. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. They, no, he had like, yeah, they, they had like, like, they have like a diagnostics thing where they like, they literally like plug your phone into an iPad and it like runs all these tests and like it showed me like all the fails and all the logs of all the problems that all these apps were having. And um, I mean, I felt like it was a hardware problem. They did give me a new phone. They made me pay the fifty dollar fee because apparently I had water damage on my phone. Go figure. Um, but yay, Apple care. But, but I, I will say after I replaced the phone, even though I was supposed to replace the software and do like a full wipe, I didn't do that. And the battery life has been significantly better. So, um, if it's getting hot consistently, it might be a hardware thing. You might want to get it swapped out, but otherwise the only real, re- the only real solution I've seen is to do the full wipe and not restore from my cloud and reinstall everything from, from scratch, which is like the ultimate pain in the ass. Like no one wants to do that, especially if you're like me and you have, something like 40 gigs of photos in on, on your camera roll because you've been using the same camera roll since the 3GS. Like, I, I don't even know what I'm supposed to do like w- with that, you know, so. All right, second sponsor, Shutterstock.com. 
Okay, global image collection. This is more than just like stock images. That's what people think. They know oh, Shutterstock, there's like some stock images. Yeah, they got those. But they also have tons and tons more stuff. They've got uh, vectors, they've got illustrations, they've got video stuff now. And they're adding 10,000 new images a day. They work with independent photographers and artists and everything everywhere. Everywhere. And they create this amazing collection of stuff that you can go in. And they, they don't nickel and dime. That's why I like them. If you want to go and you're making, you're making a website, you're building an app, and you want to have some images and graphics in your app, and you don't know how to make those, or you can't make those, or you don't want to make those. And, you know, why, why do something that's outside of your wheelhouse, as uh, Merlin would say? So it's, it's something that you can go there, you can find what you need, and you pay, and you pay once. They're not going to upsell you. They're not going to say, oh, you want the HD version for your retina? Oh, you're going to pay me? No. It's one price. They're going to give you a special discount if you want to support this show. You go to shutterstock.com. Code is Dan sent me nine, number nine, September nine. Dan sent me nine. You'll get 30% off any package once you find the images you like and you want to you buy them. So go there, shutterstock.com. Dan sent me nine. Great resource. You'd be surprised the kind of stuff they have there. Go check it out. Thanks very much to them to making the show possible. So just going back to, these, to these, some of these numbers. Here's something I like. Again, they, they've started focusing on the camera. So many people are using the, these phones as cameras. And this is, you know, you go on a trip, you no longer, well, should we bring the point and shoot? Should we bring a, the, the SLR? What should we bring? A lot of people, the answer is to just bring the iPhone. And just bring the iPhone. So they, they've done, they've got an eight megapixel sensor, which I don't think that's an increase. A 3264 by 2448. It's got backside illumination. It's got a five element lens. It has better low light mode. And, uh, for, and now it's supposed to be 40% faster capture. It, that's, that's really good because the 4S is really good. I mean, this is a reason for John, for you to get a, one of these phones. Because my understanding is you haven't taken a picture of uh, anyone in your family for five, six years. Now, these, these phone cameras, like, I'm, I still go with, I have a point and shoot and I still like it better. Than, uh, than the 4S camera. That's like saying you have a fax machine in 2012. <laughs> I have a Takes fax machine pictures. I really like. It's not I the same. It. Faxes don't do as good a job as their replacements, but my point-and-shoot still takes better pictures than an iPhone 4S. It depends on your point-and-shoot. I mean, if you've got like a, you know, yeah, you a got, Canon John? S95. What do, what do you use? Uh, a Canon S100. Those are well, good. then that's why. That's a great yeah. camera. <laughs> I, I know. That's why I've got it. But like, you know, it's a, it's... It just has, and I have a bigger camera as well. So I, we do take cam- pictures with the phone, but it's just not as often. And part of it is, it's true, it's part of it is because a point and shoot will get from pulling it out of your pocket to taking a picture still faster than the 4S. Like it's it's getting to be more of a race now, at least as the cameras get slower, I guess, and the iPhones get faster. How soon until but, we don't have know. to worry about it? How soon are we going to say that really, truly that the best, maybe not the best point and shoot, but the, the better point and shoots are you know, are being matched by the iPhone hardware. It'll never happen until the profit margins disappear and no one makes point and shoots anymore. Because if, if, if point and shoots are made at all, that dedicated device will always have much more room for camera stuff than a phone, right? So the only way the phone ever wins is if it just totally destroys the point and shoot market and no one makes them anymore. And then the phone wins by default because it's the only one there. <laughs> well, right. It, or I think, you know, you look at like, a, you know, Nokia, they've got that phone with the, the 40 megapixel camera, the, the pure view that's just amazing. Um, and, you know, obviously you can make a phone with an amazing camera, but it's not going to be thin. It's not going to be lightweight. 
Um, it's not going to have the profile that we might love. You know, it's, it's going to be because to do that, I mean, you need to have a bigger sensor. It needs to take in more light, and and those typically need to be wider than what you can put in in the frames of the phones. So, I mean, even aside from all the profit margin stuff, which is dead on, it, it's you know, it's com- you know, from, until the unless that we there's some sort of major shift in how the components are made, um, or, or some sort of major you know advancement in digital you know uh, technology, which I don't even think would would be possible in a sense of just be how you know cameras work. I think it'll be it'll be difficult, but certainly, like if you look at some of the stuff Nokia is doing, they're doing some amazing stuff with their optics. Um, so, if you're willing to trade off and have a thicker camera, you could have a better sensor in it that could that could take better images. Certainly, and I think it actually is plausible that the point and shoot camera market will be destroyed. And the phones will win because they'll be the only ones left. Because if people just stop buying them, like in other words, if if the phone camera is good enough, and I think it's already past good enough for most uses then people will just stop buying the point and shoots and that market will disappear. So that's... That's what happened to video cameras. Yeah, exactly. Marco, I mean, that's what happened to video cameras. Marco, you've got this kid. What are you using to take pictures with? Mostly. Both, really. I mean, mostly it's... Well, I don't know. It's kind of been half and half between the uh, 5D Mark II and the iPhone. Uh, The iPhone I'm taking more video with. Yeah. um, Just because it's there and taking video with the 5D Mark II while it does look incredible... Uh, is cumbersome because of the lack of autofocus and, of course, the um, the uh, massive file size that results from it. So, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of half and half because you know I, I went through this phase and I wrote a big blog post about it um, recently, uh, basically about how I really was disappointed in my in my couple of years of photos that I've taken in the last couple of years that have all pretty much been from the iPhone. And looking back on the, you know, like they they look fine when you take them on the phone, and they look fine when you post them to Twitter and Instagram. But if you look back on them, you know, in iPhoto or an Aperture or Lightroom, or you you know you, you want to do something better with them besides just seeing them in a small form on a screen, they were actually very disappointing. And so a few months ago, I realized that I needed to start taking more pictures with my SLR again, and that the iPhone, while it's a great replacement for casual here and there photography, um, should not be my only camera. I, w- I would definitely agree with that. I mean, I, I, I take most of my photos with iPhone 4S and, and it can do a great job, but you're right. If you look at it in, in Lightroom or, or whatever, and especially if you're you know at, at full crop, you know, it, it's not good. It, it's it, You can do great things with it. And, and I think one of the reasons Instagram is so successful is because, you know, having that filtered look improves everything. Uh, but if you're just taking it straight off and, and, and whatnot, I mean, it's just, you know... It, even something not as good as the S100 will probably outperform it. Uh, but it's good enough and it's certainly convenient enough to have with you everywhere, whereas you can't always have the better camera. And if you're like a girl and, and a petite girl like that, like me, like I, I can't really carry around a pocket camera unless I'm specifically trying to do something. It's just too much to carry around. So I don't know. It's, it's laziness more than anything. But, but if I could, I would probably take my, my GF1 with me everywhere. So let's talk yeah. about this, this lightning thing. It has been since 2003 that this 30-pin connector came out. 2003. Now, finally, we have a new connector. They call it Lightning. How cute. Thunderbolt and Lightning. Very, very frightening me. 80% smaller, all digital, eight signal. And they, of course, have an adapter out there. It's a 30-pin. For some devices. For some devices. I would, I would like to be in the meeting where the guy came up with, oh, oh, I know, I know. We can say all digital because we took out the audio. That's good. Put that, write that down. All digital. 
<laughs> like, <laughs> it's that, a they're feature. Touting it as, they're touting the removal of, you know, like an analog video and audio or whatever the heck else is, is traveling over the pins. And they, and they said, we can turn that into a selling point. It's all digital. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true. No, that's really funny. Um, that's hysterical. Yeah, so they did take some things away. But we knew this was going to The $40 adapter. Is that how much it is? Sorry, it's $30 for the plastic one. And then $40 if you want a cabled version that comes with like a foot of cable or something. So the $30 adapter, which is kind of large, seemingly does not have any of the analog transformation components, at least not the video components. It does not. And it won't work with devices that have the video out. Because I'm like looking at it other I assume it has at least a DAC for audio, right? I would hope so, but I don't know. I mean, what I'm trying to see is like what's going to happen to the HDMI cables, you know, the, the adapter that you could get. Um, are, are they going to make one of those now? I, I, but, but I can't see anything on the store that, that gives me any insight into that. It's all about AirPlay. They want you to buy the Apple TV. Oh, right, is which, which is great. But, but a lot of times, you know, you can't have the Air. The AirPlay yeah, doesn't work with your projector. You know, like I, I have two Apple TVs and, and, and I love AirPlay, but like if I needed to do something for a presentation or whatever, you know, I, I don't, I, I mean, I could carry that Apple TV with me. It's so small, so small that the first one that I bought was actually accidentally thrown away by the cleaning lady. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's true story. That's what you call first world problem, like, like truly. Was it the cleaning lady actually threw away your Apple TV? Another one. Of my another one. <laughs> Well, because the box was so lightweight, she didn't realize it was in it. And I was like, and, and it took us months for us to figure out what happened because I ordered I one and like forgot about it. And well, this was in Atlanta, actually. And then we were like, and then we finally realized what happened. We we're like, yep, Maria must have thrown it away. Wow. Um, so, yeah. But uh, I mean, I guess you could carry that with you, but it's just, um, but it would be a shame if they got rid of um, the, the video stuff. That would definitely be, be well, a. It seems like they've decided time. that a video goes over the airwaves and i mean may, if it's technically possible i'm sure there'll be an adapter but like the, de- the decision going forward is like okay we're gonna do we're gonna do video over the air we have a technology for it we have a brand everything's gonna have it and support it so let's just go with that and i if it turns out that they couldn't support video out because of some technical reason they'd be like well that's fine like seems like that it's that's being left behind slowly now uh, okay so they have so they have like the, the 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 adapter that you can leave on in your in your car, and then they have like one that's just like looks like a long iTunes uh, cable or you know iPod cable um, that'll plug into either way, and that's the one that's forty dollars. And that one again, it'll connect to many of your thirty pin accessories, but video and iPod out not supported. Hmm. So why is this interface called Lightning? That's my question that wasn't answered by the live right. blog because it looks like it's actually only USB two point yeah, like it's not. Yeah. it's not super fast. So it's certainly it's not, not last lightning. Oh, this is funny too. They sell a twenty dollar lightning to USB cable. Right, like the regular cable. Yeah, right. that's how I much assume that's just what it comes with. One of those. I, right? I assume that comes in the box, but yeah, that that's. Uh, I, I yeah, you're right. That's very that's interesting. some good margins on that twenty dollar USB cable. I gotta think. Yeah, <laughs> and and they they appear to have stopped <laughs> selling docks. Yeah, oh, they've yeah. been. Anti-dock for a while now, and that kind of makes sense because I don't think this little the little lightning thingy is enough to hold up. I mean, it probably is physically speaking, but maybe not such a good idea to have your thing poised on the end of this tiny little metal flange. Like I'm well, not they sure still what have we'd the Apple first. iPhone four dock, but yeah, you're right. They don't have a they don't have a new one. Although that that metal piece on the end of the connector is probably really strong because they know that people will make accessories know, that well, do that. So what gives though? Does the does the cable break? Does the inside of the phone break open? Do you crack the front of the screen? Like, because I think that connector is probably a solid piece of metal. And then, like, okay, well, does that mean that I just crack the front of my screen if I bend it backwards? You should try. 
Yeah, that, that's it. Yeah, you Some should get you should get review your sites should get iPhone their, five uh, and iPhone try. five and just start bending and see which <laughs> one of these things in the chain breaks first. Yeah, the, the will it blend people can first try that and then blend it. Yeah, I think that's the right. iFixit folks are probably going to tell us pretty quick what what's behind there. So listen, John, I think it was you, John. You were saying that there was not going to be any new, like no new updates with iOS 6, that there wasn't going to be anything new and amazing uh, announced. And in fact... Well, the the new iOS uh, the new iOS stores I say would count as the biggest feature for the for the OS. I mean, it's not just for you know, but the fact that the it looks like the store that you buy things in, both iTunes and applications, is now like a totally different native application and isn't using the same weird ghettoized XML WebKit <laughs> rendered. No, it's thing. using Chomp, a company they bought. Is it? Which was which was an app discovery thing. Chomp, um, Apple mm-hmm. bought them. They were a, an app discovery uh, service, and they bought them like last October or something. Um, and it's it's funny because the the layout is identical. Because I remember using the the Chomp act. Um, it, was, it was app. It was kind of like you know the the app shoppers and that sort of thing. And it was just like that. And that's basically what the last uh, update that they pushed to iOS six beta three um, or beta four or whatever it was included. Um, when, when I guess it updated it, you know, over the it was weird. There wasn't an update to the OS, but then the apps were suddenly updated and it looks exactly like Chomp, especially when you're looking, like searching for different apps and you can see them side by side and it has that kind of Pinterest style appearance. It's identical to Chomp. I think it is still very WebView based, though. It certainly feels like it is. And that, I think and it that is. will probably yeah. cause a lot of little weird, like half assed shortcomings, just like, like the, the uh, iPhone App Store app before this has always been decent. The iPad one has been pretty rough. And I don't, I haven't played much with the new Chomp powered ones yet in the betas. But um, if it's still web based, which I'm pretty sure it all is, then uh, it might not be that much better for things like okay, you're going through a big list, you've loaded a few mores, you tap on an app, and then you tap back. What do you see? Do you see the list you were just on, or does it reset to the top? Like there's little things like that <laughs> that the iPad App Store app has always gotten wrong. Um, but one thing I'm really curious to see here. With, uh, with these new store apps is how it affects the sales of apps. Uh, because, so, you know, as they said today, I think they said like 60% or more, I think more uh, of purchases are done on device, not in iTunes. And the app store apps so, so dramatically shape the app economy with how people buy them. What, what apps are they shown? Where are they shown them? Where are apps featured? You know, how... How dependent are you on the top list versus staff features and other and you know category top lists and and other you know other special store arrangements and how visible your app is has such a huge effect on how many copies you sell that this change really could dramatically shift people's sales uh, of apps and that that definitely has a huge impact when you think about how people are actually buying stuff and you know, I think Apple is very, very, very aware of this. And Marco, probably you as a developer, are very aware of this. But I think for me, I used to, I used to have a, a little joke that the reason that iTunes is so bad when it comes to looking at apps and trying to buy them and, and the whole process, and it's gotten a little better, but the whole process of like looking at an app and then you, you, you click it and it takes you to the other screen and you click back and it's not where you left it. They've, they've improved that experience a little bit. I'm curious to see if the new version of iTunes improves it. But it became so much better of an experience to just look for apps on the device, whether it's the, you know, whether it's the iPad or the iOS or the iPhone, rather. I mean, it, it, for me, 
I buy almost every app that I, I almost all of them now I buy right on the phone. What are, what are you guys doing? I mean, where are you, how do where are you buying? Yeah. Right on the phone. Right on the phone. Yeah. You got to buy it on the device so you can avoid iTunes. That's the secret. That's right. Like, no, you don't even want to think about using that app for anything. Yeah, absolutely. I actually exactly. buy on iTunes because usually I'm finding yeah. the links from people's recommendations on Twitter or something and, and on my desktop. So I click it there. I buy it on iTunes there and I know that my device will automatically download it. No, I can't, yeah, I can't I, take I, iTunes anymore. I That's horrible. I do back and forth on that. I mean, like, exactly. I'll, I'll get a link on Twitter or something and then it'll open it up in iTunes and I'll just click install and, and it'll install on, on either or both devices. Um, but usually if I'm like just in the mood to like do discovery and find apps, you know, I certainly search on the phone or the iPad first. What did you think of the new iTunes? I mean, in general, the, the little the little little player with the little search thing in it, you can type stuff. and it, do we have any different. Do you have any hope for this, Hattie? I mean, what do, you, mm. do you even care? <laughs> of course I care. <laughs> I mean, do you think about it? I've given up. I've given up on iTunes. I'm like, it's not going to get any better. We're stuck with this piece of crap and maybe it looks prettier, but it's just going to be the same old thing. If it fixes things, then maybe I'll love it. What are your complaints? Like like we were just talking about, the buying the apps in the store or directly on your Even phone. Even just using it for music. It's, now they say this one's going to be faster. I really hope this thing is faster because there was... It, God, I John, it was rewritten. John Syracuse has taught me to believe that everything I use is too slow. <laughs> So now when I use, it's like, I have this great Retina MacBook Pro, everything's fast on it. Everything just opens up and then you launch iTunes and it's, it's still slow and it's still unpleasant to use. Are you saying the launching of it launching, by itself or just, just you, using it in general? You, type, you just type something in and it's slow to find it. You yeah, try to launch yeah. it, it just it stinks. It stinks. I hope this new version, I don't want to wait till the end of October for you this You think thing. it'll prove downloads or anything like that? I mean, you, you mean that the experience will be so much yeah. better? Hey, Marco, hate to interrupt. GMC'd out now. Not only, not only am I way ahead of you, I've already downloaded, <laughs> I've, I've already installed Xcode, and I've already bricked and then restored partially my iPad. <laughs> Come it's on. Only, it is, it is uh, 11 minutes through from its restore because the update failed because my cable, I think, got unplugged during the <laughs> update. See, if you had a lightning interface, maybe that restore gonna, would be faster, but actually no, because they no, didn't say wait, lightning no, was any terrible. faster. It, yeah, can you do update? Uh, can you update to GM from uh, uh, over the air? It doesn't register as being available for me yet, so I'm I just downloaded the uh, images because I, I gotcha. really have to submit Instapaper today, uh, so that it's ready in time for the widescreen stuff or the tall screen stuff. That was another thing I was right by on in my prediction show. By the way, letterboxed apps. Yeah, you yeah. you called it right, and I think that was a, a really good guess there. Now, one thing that's interesting about the hardware, speaking of letterbox, because this is this makes me think about it, the black iPhone. You probably looks so won't much even, better. It does look a lot better, and they've they've made the sides. Uh, first of all, the back is uh, aluminum or aluminium, as our friends in the UK would say, and it's way better. This is way better. Thank you for taking the, the glass off the back and figuring out how to make. Thank you. You're welcome, Dan. Thank you. <laughs> the second but, thing is, if it's if you get a black iPhone, the parts of it that are aluminum are now sort of that. What do you what do you call that, John? The kind An- of anodized. That anodized. was going to be my question: Is you take your key and scratch the back of that black iPhone? What do you see? Is I'll the scratch, scratch also black. It's the first thing I'm going to do. I'll scratch it. <laughs> I'll gouge it. As deep I would as hope I can. so. I'd hope so because I mean that's the one thing that Nokia does that's amazing is that they actually dye the plastic casing that they use for the phones with like like they dye it like a jillion layers deep. So even if you scratch it, the color underneath the scratch is the same color as the, as the outer part. I was reading some article about that that was saying that the way that they make this anodized aluminum, that it's the color is through and through 
But I'll, I'll, I'll take a key to it. First thing I do when I get the new phone, I'll gouge it. These are the important things that people need to tell. I mean, we'll, we'll all find out. I'm assuming if, if the color we'll is find out. Well, when, well. when we get our review unit, I will actually take a point to do that because we'll have to give it back anyway. So we might as well, you know. <laughs> they would, that, that won't That's nix good. the chance of getting another one if you do that. <laughs> they all come back no. with key scratches. <laughs> well, <laughs> That's I'm right. saying, I mean, well, it's not like they're going to do anything with it anyway. I mean, they're just going to, you know, refurb it or, and, and, and toss it or whatever. So might as well. Yeah. The last iPhone 4 I saw that was a loaner from Apple went back to Apple with an entirely shattered back. So I'm sure they don't mind a scratch or two. All right, last sponsor, and then I want to talk about the freakish ears that they kept showing oh, during that. That was awful. All right, hover.com, simplified domain management. You go to, this is it. This is it. You go to hover.com, there's a search box there. You type in the domain you want, you hit the little plus button, and you register it. That's it. You don't have to, you know, go through 20 pages of signing up for things. You don't have to, you know, take yourself off of a thousand different lists and cancel services you don't want before you pay for them. It's simple. It's like you buy a domain. That's it. That's what's what you're doing there. There's one checkbox. And the one checkbox is, do you want to protect your information? Do you want who is privacy? Yes. Okay. It's free. Why not? Yeah, I'll do it. Sure. That's it. Now, if you type in a domain name, it's not available, .com, .net, it's not available. They'll show you all the alternatives. They'll even, you can just type in a few keywords and they'll come back with a whole bunch of suggestions. I do, and that's actually dangerous for people like me because I'll go there thinking I want one domain, I'll get five. But if you do, it's all right because uh, with the, I've got a, a promo code here, give you 10% off. Promo code is Dan sent me. No nine on that one, just Dan sent me. Or you can go to hover.com slash Dan sent me. And you will, uh, you'll automatically have 10% applied to everything you do. You want to renew it, you want to transfer, 10% off. New domain, 10% off. Renewal, 10% off. The email hosting, they do that, 10% off. Check them out, hover.com. Earpod, okay, so they announce this earpods. And the picture that they show. <laughs> it's so, it's so horrible. It was hard. Hattie, it's can so you horrible. Can you describe the picture that they showed? You're, oh, God, it was liver spots and like hair in they the picked ear. They the I, oldest. I, I, really? Like, Most, that's what you chose. And why not choose, like, a college kid's <laughs> ear when an ear is potentially still look like you want to look at well, someone's ear? Well, even college, just someone clean. Yeah, someone that who bathes nice. and doesn't have an <laughs> open <laughs> wound in clean. Hey, wait a second. His wound, he had a wound. He had some kind of <laughs> open sore in his ear. Spots, some beard. It was terrible. Yeah, was, and mm-hmm. he, had, he had, like, a, it was awful. It wasn't even a groomed beard. It was just... There. It was like oh. a it was like a miner. They found a miner <laughs> and they pulled him in and said, "Look, look stick this in your ear." He's like, what? He, they just took a picture before he could move. You live in the woods. <laughs> yeah. Back. I mean, it's 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 a, the pe- no, so listen, John. We were talking about this, and and you were you were a little suspect of these uh, ear pods working. You said you didn't like the look of them. You thought they would be un- like the uncomfortable. They, and they, they look weird. I don't understand how they're... I mean, they look really uncomfortable. I'll have to stick them they in my bizarre. ears to find out. But. I think they look great, and I think they're going to be great, and I think that they're going to <laughs> con- perfectly <laughs> conform to the shape of everybody's ear. Because your ears are old and filled with liberty. So he, <laughs> no. here's, the thing, here's the one big advantage they have over the past earbuds. No little rubber thing that will inevitably come off. That's, like, what, that's what I like about it. a single smooth piece of plastic. So from Apple's perspective, these are more durable because there's less part of them that can wear out. That's what I like about them. They don't have the awful little mesh in them. They don't have the rubber part. They just, boom, right in there. I was always... they're, they're terribly uncomfortable. Who cares that they're, that they're durable? You'll just, you'll be so durable, you'll never use them. Well, but what they do the, the typical Apple thing, which even their $80, you know, more expensive in-ear earphones, which I made the mistake of buying after I got ripped off the first time they had the in-ear earphones, were the left, the left, uh, you know, um, 
your phone just stops working. Like like on clockwork, it'll go six months, it'll be fine, and then just it stops working. Have they have they improved that? That's what I want to know. I don't I don't know. I think I I do like the idea that there are fewer parts, there are fewer things to worry about. Looks like it'd be simpler. They, they talk about these things forever. They say it, it it comes from the geometry of your ear. They made a whole we video surveyed about it. hundreds surveyed of ears. ears, lots of ears. Ears are challenging. They're very challenging, <laughs> painstakingly. They looked inside everyone's ear at Apple. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it just, it seems, you know, like, and then, they, they, so they, they've got these and they're coming with the new iPods and the iPhone 5. How many pairs are you going to get? You always buy like three or four boxes at a time. I've got four or five boxes of, <laughs> of, of uh, yeah, because I, I keep, I want one in each place. I want one in the office. I want one in, in here. I want one in my car. I want at home. So I've got like four or five. And now we don't have to bring them anywhere. Because if I bring, inevitably, if I bring it, I'll forget where I left it. It's gone. So I'll have to buy a few pairs of these. So do you think, do you think, so for me personally, I have actually never bought a dock cable from Apple. I've always just like accumulated them with each new device over time. And now I have enough. And I assume this is true for a lot of, a lot of geeks out there. Do you think now people like us will finally have to like buy a few dock cables? Like I, I, I will probably have to end up buying a few from Apple at their, $20 price just because yep. it's it's probably going to be a while before anybody can make a generic one, you know, probably at least a couple of months uh, to figure Definitely. out that we Sadly, connector, you know? Sadly I right. don't think we'll be able to monoprice this, uh, which is yeah, what I typically yet. do. <laughs> I typically monoprice and do like the $2 ones when I need extras, even though as many as I've accumulated over the years, you know, they always break or whatever. Uh, but yeah, I, I think we're going to have to do that, Marco. I think that because I know for me, like I'm going to have to have one at home and one at work. There's no way I can have, you know, I, I, I can just use one. So. Right. And do we know, like we don't know yet also, uh, if you if you plug in their little USB to lightning cable um, into one of the old power bricks, does it charge the phone? I don't think we know that yet either. I'm going to guess yes on that one. Yeah, that would be, cra- be crazy. I, probably, I but who knows? Well, because they're not selling a different power brick. They're just selling the adapter on the website. So I would think that uh, if it was a different power thing that they would have to include that with it, but they're not. Yeah, you're right. Then. If, yeah, if they, if they aren't selling an updated one, yeah, that makes sense. Plus, um, the end that goes in there is, is, is USB. So since it's just going to be USB one end, the other, the other, then it shouldn't make any difference. Well, you know, the, um, the ear pods are available today. You can go buy them today. You know, See, I'm, hoping, today. I'm hoping those are comfortable. I don't, I don't care about their audio quality because I know it's going to be terrible because um, all earbuds have terrible. And not canal phones, please, Headphone Geeks, email Dan. Earbuds <laughs> usually always have terrible audio quality because, you know, just what they have to do can't really be good. Um, but... The the reason why I hate earbuds so much is that they're, I I just have a pair of ears that just they don't fit without hurting like they they always hurt my ears like phys- they physically hurt my ears just sitting in there yeah no matter how I put them in or no matter how anybody else shows yeah. me I'm supposed to put them in and so to have these be a radically different shape um, I really really hope that changes things because I would love the convenience because most of the time when I'm out listening I'm usually not listening to music on those I'm listening to podcasts and Dan as as awesome as you sound. I don't think I'd really care if you were here if you were coming through earbuds instead of my uh, whatever I'm using. I forgot already. The <laughs> no, I, I don't care. I mean, but the, the, I Sennheiser. That's what I'm using. Sennheiser PX two hundred two I. But you can't. Can you make calls of those that have a mic in yeah. it? No. Yeah, they, it has a little clicker. Yeah, it, it looks it looks and feels just like the iPhone one, but in black. I'm pretty sure they must have licensed it from Apple. Yeah, I, I've got. I have uh, the X ten is from Clips, and then the ones I'm using today, which are the um, Edematica for i four. EPs or whatever. I'll have to get that link for me to put in because people will want to check that out. I predict these will hurt Marco's ears in different places. <laughs> You're probably <laughs> right. 
I, I, I don't know. Whatever. They should have surveyed my ears. Maybe they did, and I can't tell you. Yeah. Oh. My secret life is an Apple ear model. So the iPod, the iPod. <laughs> 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 wow. So these, these ear pods come with the new iPods. We didn't really talk. I mean, we talked a little bit about the iPod touch. There's an iPod touch. It's six, 16 gig is 249 bucks. 32 gig is 299 bucks. The, that is the old one. That is, that is, well, that, that is the, the old iPod touch. The original the, iPod that, touch is 199 and 249 for 16 oh, okay. and 32. Okay. Cause I, th- I thought it was 299 and 399. I'm going by Jim Dalrymple's uh, post on Loop Insight, so maybe it's maybe you're right. I'm, I'll blame it on Jim. Now, what do you think that says about the possible iPad Mini pricing? It says well, that's nothing. What I'm nothing earlier. about yeah. the iPod Mini pricing. Right. People keep yeah, asking. Well, me about well, but that's a good question. If if the iPod Touch is two forty nine and two ninety nine, how could they? No, it's two ninety nine and three ninety nine. It's yeah, the new one is three hundred base. Yeah. Yes, three hundred ah, base okay. and four hundred for the sixty four, which is what I was saying earlier about. Okay, like, so this is wrong. Yeah, so so the, so right. What what he was talking about the pricing was of, of the the fourth generation. I get it. Or the one that came out in two thousand ten that they haven't bothered to update for two years, um, and are still going to sell at a ridiculous profit margin. Um, but yeah, I don't know what that means for the iPod Mini pricing because I I, I like I was saying I, I feel like they can't come out any higher than two ninety nine at at the at the least on that. So what it's going to be the same base pricing for an iPod Mini and for an iPod Touch? Like what does that do? I mean, won't the won't the iPod Mini have fewer pixels on its screen than this iPod Touch to start with? Because this is a Retina tall screen, and we're we're expecting the other one to be a non-Retina old iPad screen. Like it's this this uh, says nothing about the price of the Mini. They don't they don't well, they sure, run but different I think applications. It's they run iPads but, but versus you know iPhone apps. It's totally different. Same uh, no, granted, but but it's positioning. I mean, I, I think it, I think even if if you understand that it's a higher quality device and has more pixels and probably has a faster processor and has a better camera and all kinds of other stuff, I, I think it's about positioning and how do you position, you know, a, a, a pad versus a, an iPod. Well, you know? do you think people are going to cross cross shop those? Like, I want a device, but I can't right. decide whether it's something that's the size of a phone or something that's the size of a small tablet. I don't think they're going to cross shop them. I think that's why they can get away with the prices being. So different, and I also think you'll be able to buy an iPad Mini that pushes up into iPod Touch territory. Maybe you'll even be able to buy an iPad Mini that's more expensive than all the iPad Twos that they continue to sell or whatever. Uh, so I, I don't think the the pricing is uh, gives us any message about the iPad Mini's pricing. Also, maybe keep in mind, be an iPad it probably. I'm guessing this this new shrunken A5 they stuck in the well. It's probably it, first of all, it's probably the exact same CPU as in the the iPad Two Four, that 32 nanometer yeah. shrink, right? Probably that exact part going into the new iPod Touch. Probably also that exact part plus the exact camera that the iPad Mini will have. I bet the iPad Mini has almost almost identical components to the new iPod Touch, except uh, the screen. Except the screen. I, I, I would think that's probably true. And um, yeah, and yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. And I think that I mean they might have made a couple of adjustments, but it looks like the camera on the iPod Touch is the same that's on the iPad Three. Yeah, it does look like that. Or yeah, like pretty much an iPhone four class camera. Yeah, yeah, which but, is a but massive it looks improvement like it looks, from the from the fixed focus one it had before. Oh yeah, and the other one, you know, you couldn't take individual pictures. You know, it could do like stills, but they were crappy. You know, it was it was the video camera only sort of thing. So this is the first time they've actually said, you know, you can take you know actual photos. They're actually calling it an eyesight camera, which always freaks me out because I assume that eyesight means front facing face stamp. But, yeah, their names are terrible. Like, no, we're calling it an... I can't even keep track of what your names are for which is the good camera. Just tell us, is it the good one or is it the not good yeah, one? exactly. Oh, this, this is the good camera. Oh, here's the real question for the iPad Mini. Colors or no colors? 
Mm. No. Well, I guess it depends on their back. No. Because it, it, no. No. Colors. Seems like no. Seems like the colors are for the small. Colors are for, for, for children. Colors are for kids. Yeah. And colors are for kids. Big boy ones don't have colors, but maybe like maybe the iPad Mini is the iPad you buy your kids because it's cheap and they're going to break it. I don't know. Like so, maybe it does come in colors. Does it seem like white is now in the in the new lineup? I mean, first of all, like the iPhone images are all, on, all on the website. Black. They're all showing off the black one. Like the black one is now the favorite. Uh, with yes. the 4S, the white one was the favorite. You know, now the black one is the favorite again. Uh, do you think, and it looks like the iPod touches, I wasn't able to find a picture of the front of the black one. Is it also white? The front I of the black it iPod better, touch? It better not be. Because That's going to make me not buy it. Yeah, I can't, yeah I'm looking fronts. and they're all perverse. I can't tell. I'm trying to see... <laughs> You can like on on the on the few that you can see the front of the iPod Touch. They're all they're all the different colored edges that you can see. But it looks like the iPod Touches might be all white. If not, they're at least I think they're all white. white. Uh, I think the iPod Nano white. is all white except for the black one. Um, does it seem like no, they're the now front, pushing the front white, is white down? The front like, is white, and the sides and back are color. Even for the black one, like the black edge or the black backed one. All right, hang on. That's a good question. Now on the shuffle, it's it's black, but I'm trying to no. Okay, on the black one, you're right. Actually, on the black one, it is still the black glass. So they might they probably done that on the on the touch as well. I would imagine because if you go to the iPod Nano page, uh, yeah, I'm looking see, at the touches and and I it they've they've got all of them have the white front, but the, yeah, black, the black one they've got it face down black. in the, the picture. Yeah, and, and they're not and they're not anywhere. I've even looked through the press. Okay, the, so it is. PR so there is one black, one. but still, yeah. it, it does seem like they might be pushing white down market. Like maybe because the new the new iPhone looks so good in black, and if they're yeah. gonna, if they're going to start using that that aluminum that that makes up the back of the uh, of the new iPhone, if they're going to start using that across the line a little bit more, maybe the next iPad will have that kind of style. Who knows? Uh, yeah. If they start using that I, I style imagine. and black looks better, no, I think then it'll be like point. the white will be for like the the cheaper or lower end models or the, or like the kids models. And if that's the case, then I think the iPad Mini will probably be available in white, maybe exclusively in white. Who knows? Yeah, I think the difference now is that, you know, when they're they're coloring that aluminum or aluminum, as they say it, you know, they're giving it that silver two-tone look, you know, it just doesn't look as good. Although I guess you could say the same thing is true for the iPod, the, the current iPad, the white one, you know, it's got the white front, but then the, the aluminum, you know, the brushed back. So I, I don't know if they would, if that would make it any different or not. Yeah, I don't know. We're, we'll have to see these things. They, when, are, when are those shipping? Do we know when those ship? Because I know we October. know that just October. We had a lot of yeah. vague release dates today. Yeah, yeah you yeah, know yeah. what? I mean, we had the important one was that yeah, the in, iPhone, we got that in two but days. It, it, it felt very, you know, what was weird. It felt like, you know, because usually they do their their event in like October, their music event, their iTunes event, you know, for the iPods. And, and it almost felt like, you know, they were announcing it now at the same time, but maybe they just didn't have all of their, their final dates together. It, that That's the one thing that, uh, that didn't feel as... Um, as Apple like, although you can start pre-ordering the new iPod Touch as soon as uh, September fourteenth. It, it does feel a little bit weird, though, that they announced so many new products today, and we can't buy any of them today. Yeah. Well, you can get the the ear. Oh yeah, except for the, the, the ear order in two days. Sort of. One of them, so it's not that that much of a wait. But the, the iTunes one kills me. Like, with, why is iTunes coming out in October? That makes me think that like it has some sort of integration with an unannounced product or some other weird thing. You know, like that's strange that that particular piece of software we'd have to wait so long for. We'd normal, the normal thing is then you can get the new version of iTunes now. Because, so when you get your new phone, the, it'll work with the version of iTunes that you had previously downloaded. Like, that's usually the way these things go. Yeah. 
And they don't even have that available for developers to download yet, it doesn't look like. Yeah, I, I have I predict bad things for the new version of iTunes. Having not you yet watched th- the video, looking at it, it, it's a slightly less scomorphic version of, of the player, you know, on on the iPod, on the iPad. Um, and I have a feeling that's just what they've done is they've just taken that code and just ported it out. I remember iPhoto eleven, where it's like, oh, it looks like the it looks more like iOS. Yeah, and it's worse. I don't like it. So. Yeah, but but right, no, totally. But I mean, but it does. It looks so similar to the iPad player that I have a feeling it's like you know they maybe just ported the code back out and. Uh, and put it on the desktop, and, and maybe that would be why it would run faster because it doesn't have all the you know library dependencies and 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 corrupt of, of a million suns that uh, iTunes ten point seven has. I don't yeah, know. I wonder, I wonder if it will still do all the syncing stuff. Like the reason I don't attach my iPod to iTunes anymore to on my computer is that it, it just doesn't work. Like the, the correctness is not there. Forget about speed. Where it, when I connect it and it tries to tell me what things it's going to sync. I'm going to sync these songs and these movies and these music and these playlists and whatever. It's It lies to me and it does strange yep. things with the amount of available space. And if I unselect an entire season of television, my space goes up instead of down and syncing takes forever and it fails halfway through. And it's just like, no, no, I will not connect my thing to you anymore. I'll just, the device is standalone. And what have they done with that? Like, uh, it, either they rewrote all that code, which I highly doubt, or it's the same crappy code that handles that that's going to be ported into the fancy new interface. Like, it seems like all they cared about was the interface that you use to play stuff and to buy stuff. But the syncing... Yeah, ugh. the syncing, well, I think is they want all that to happen over the cloud and, and, and whatnot, and, and they're trying to push it all that way. So, I mean, I yeah. think for people like you and I, and, and probably people listening to the show, you know, something like PhoneView will end up being the best sort of thing to use. I mean, I know that's what I currently use because I have iTunes Mash enabled, which then doesn't let you sync individual playlists and songs the way that you would want to on the iPad or the iPod, rather, or iPhone, whatever. Um, so I end up using, you know, PhoneView to, to manually link, you know, playlists and, and stuff that, that I don't want controlled by iTunes Match. All right, so yeah. we, we should probably wrap this thing up, but I want to know what you got. I mean, I know John doesn't know what he's getting, but uh, Christina, what are you doing? What are, what, what are you going to be? You're, get, you're getting the new one, we know that, but what, oh, yeah. what are, what's, no, your, what's your total inventory here? So I'm going to get the new iPhone 64 gig. Uh, I think that I will probably wind up switching to um, Verizon because I think that that will probably be the cheapest thing for me to do. Um, uh, plus, I want to switch to Verizon anyway. But I have to look at the plan price to see if I'm going to save more on a, on a combined AT&T plan or whatever. Um, I'm not going to get a new iPod Touch. not going to get a new iPod Nano. Um, so I, I think I'm just in for the phone. Just in for the phone. Okay, Marco. I mean, you're getting something, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely getting getting the iPhone five, um, probably sixty four gigs, and my my big question is carrier. You know, I'm a, I'm with AT and T now. However, last year I bought an unlocked phone, so I can get a full subsidy uh, from either carrier. So it comes down to my area, and Verizon's very spotty. So I don't know what I'm going to do. AT and T's LTE is so bad uh, that. I, I love Verizon on the iPad. However, it doesn't work in my house. So uh, I will debate that in my head and possibly in real life and bore everybody with it on my own show starting next week. <laughs> and what color? Oh, black, definitely. Black. And you're going to pre-order it on the 14th? Um, yeah, I think so. Like Usually a wait they, line? With the way they do it where like they'll say if you order it, by this, if you order it on this day, then it's guaranteed to ship to you on launch day. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that looks that in the past has been very reliable for people, so I'm probably just going to do that. Uh, it will be the first time I will ever not have waited online for it, uh, but I'm probably going to do that. And and it's a beautiful feeling. It's a beautiful feeling not waiting in line for it when it just arrives at your house or at your office. Yeah, that's You're in pretty New York. Cool. It's online here. 
<laughs> and John, do do you want to want to say which way you're leaning? I don't know. I'm probably still leaning more towards the iPod Touch, but I probably have to see one in in person. Uh, I have to see the iPhones in person. I have to hold these things and and play with them and see how they feel. I don't know. Like the 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 phone plans haven't gotten any cheaper really for the iPhone, but like at a certain point, I don't know. I I'm going to waffle about this for a long time. The only thing I know I'm doing is saving my pennies for 2013 thing that Tim thinks Mac Pro customers might like. That's all I'm saving money for guaranteed yeah. buy. But well, right look, now, look at it this way, John. Whatever, however much the iPhone will cost you in a data plan will pale in comparison to that thing. Yeah. I know. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Especially if it has like a retina screen. God knows how much I'm going to spend on that. But hey, like I, I, I have a 2008 Mac Pro here. I've been saving my money. So, Hattie, what are you, you going to do? What are you getting? Phone for sure. Phone. Mm-hmm. I don't know what color. What color? Yet, though. I have the white iPhone the 4S, but I don't know. Now y'all are convincing me about the... The, the I have the white one. one too, but I'm getting the black. The black just looks hotter. Okay, I'll go with black then. It's it. It sounds like that's what Apple wants. Everybody plus for the letter have. the letterbox apps. Yeah, if you're going to yeah, run yeah. into those for a, a few months, it'll be less noticeable. In the mm-hmm. Black. What what size? Hmm? Sixteen thirty two. Oh, probably the biggest one. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah, go sixty four. Yeah. I'm going. And what carrier do you know yet? I'm gonna stick with AT and T. I think. Really? Yeah. Because the international thing. Uh yeah, kinda. Um. But also, just I'm. That's what you know. My whole family's on, and it's just easier that easier way. that way. I'm. I'm going to stay with Verizon. Yeah. I'll go with Black. I'll go with the sixty four. We can gig. run a test now and do a real test. <laughs> do you guys right. have so much music that you need a sixty four? Because sixty four is such a sucker's phone. It's unless the you photos. Really have. It, it's photos. the photos. It's, it's all photos. It's the photos. And man, video. It's the photos. If you shoot photos, video, sixty four gigs of photos. Are you putting your I have. I have, photo four, album I, I have forty seven gigs of photos on ten, my iPhone. Ten eighty shot on my iPhone. Yeah, ten eighty p. You take like a three minute video and that's like 20 gigs that's, right there get that stuff off your phones i mean i ugh, what if you like, want to watch don't you it on your show phone people yeah, show it off you can't things? show someone 54 gigs of photos they'll be there for a year and a well, half uh, mute, uh, video. they better love it video it's all <laughs> about to mention that apps are all huge now since the ipad went retina any universal app that includes retina graphics for the oh, ipad well, you, you, is you, massive you, you cannot fill a, 60, a 32 gig phone with apps. Like sure you buy, you every, buy every oh, game sure and every can. DPS. Yeah, exactly. I'm pretty sure my dad did. <laughs> one of those, ga- like one of those racing games, like the high race games, they're like 1.2 gigs each. Yeah, Infinity Blades, yeah, like so a how gig many and a half. Games you need 32 of them. Yes. Well, well if you want to have, have, have 32, what if you have 30? You have you have a few dozen games that have that take up a lot of space. You take a lot of pictures. You take a bunch of video. And you go on a trip or you go around. You you don't want to. I feel like that stuff should be leaving stuff. your phone. Like it should be a, a, a transitional home for you. Go on vacation, you take your videos, you fill up your phone, you come home, you pull the stuff off your phone. Right? As opposed so to sad. keeping your entire 40 gig photo library on your phone at all times. 64 gig, going with oh, it. Geez. Well, you, that, like you realize like that how like you are their favorite customer because the margins. I'm a sucker. No, I know. I'm a sucker. Yeah, I, oh, I am too. I'm the sucker too. But and I got the 64 gig iPad. But you know what? I have on my 64 gig iPhone 4s. I have 11.3 gigs available. 46.2 use. A lot of that is photos. A lot of that is. Yeah, and that's a podcast. That's the other thing. Podcasts will suck that space right up. Listen to this. I've got uh, uh, here. I've got the 16 gig on this one, and it's it's like totally maxed out. I mean, I'll never. I, I'm always having. See, I have to offload. That's the thing, John. With 64 gigs, you don't have to. You, it's your choice. Do you want to offload? Good. Be good. Offload. But if you don't want to, then you don't have to. 
What is this? I definitely read, think read, that read, 30, read. 32 should be the minimum that most geeks should consider. I think anybody listening to this show, 32 should be your minimum. Absolutely. Uh, and, it's, and it's probably the right choice for most people, honestly. Uh, 16, do not go with the 16. I, I did 16s for all phones. Yeah, I have a 16. The 4S, it's the worst. And for the last two or so, that was a mistake. It's a nightmare. Well, uh, what people don't tell you is that if you don't have enough uh, spare, um, I guess, you know, like like flash room, you know, or whatever, you know, on, on your device, if you're trying to do a sync with iTunes or something, if you don't have enough room, enough swap yeah, space, it, then you can't even do a backup. It needs like a buffer to do stuff. It needs God a buffer, exactly. And, and so that becomes, then you've got to like find another way to back it up and it becomes a big pain in the ass. So yeah, I totally with you. Started, this is kind of like when Apple was shipping Macs with, uh, what was it? I can't even remember the correct amount. I was going to say 8 megabytes. But for a long time, Apple was shipping Macs, like in the, the bottom configuration was way too little. Was it was it 128 megs or whatever it was? And it was just they could not get off that minimum amount. For years and years, the rest of the industry was moving forward. And they kept saying the low-end computer has X amount of RAM. And it was just torture. And I feel like now they're doing the same thing. 16 yeah. gigs is still the They were stuck the at 512 for a while. Yeah. What, how, when is it that 16 gigs stop being in the bottom line? Because I agree, 16 gigs is too little. And that should not, they shouldn't sell those devices anymore. Well, here's the thing. 16 gigs is actually enough if you don't sync media to it. So if you're, if you're getting it mostly <laughs> for streaming. apps, so, and I think, I think this applies a lot to the iPad. If you're getting it pretty much only for apps, which many iPad people probably do, uh, then 16 is passable. Uh, it, no, the problem it's not, comes if you, if you try to sync, well, yeah, I guess if you get the racing yeah. games. People no, I'm talking magazines. I'm talking magazines. Just, magazines will be yeah. like a gig an issue. Um, well, that's and, true, and, but Newsstand also has a whole bunch of crap uh, to clean stuff out, to ha- have all the routines, to delete true. issues automatically and everything to solve exactly that issue, that, that problem. Yeah, KJ Haley points out that the, the free with contract iPhone 4 is 8 gigs, remember. So talk about tight. Oh, yeah. No, at that point, I mean, you know... <laughs> If that's the only way you can get an iPhone, you're, you're better no off spending, spending $99 and going up one level, you know? Yeah. Especially since the iPhone 4 has the retina screen on it. So, like, ugh, that's no good. And maybe they should start stripping their executables to uh, use old school parlance of, like, when you down, if you download something with retina graphics onto a non-retina device, it just leaves behind the, uh, the retina graphics. That would be nice, but I'm not holding my breath for that. All right, guys. So let, let's let's wrap this thing up. Let's just kind of Say what, what we've got to say here. Christina Warren, where can people go to find you? Uh, so you can find me at Mashable.com where I, uh, I'm the entertainment editor, but I probably end up writing more tech-related posts, which doesn't always make people happy. But Mashable.com. You can also find my, my subtle network blog, uh, which is not as updated as much as it should be at Christina.is. And on Twitter, I'm at film underscore girl. And uh, you do not have currently have a show on? Five by five, is that right? I, I don't currently have a show on five by five, although you know what I'm gonna be guesting on a, a Brett Turfster show next month and oh. um and we'll be slowly but surely I, I think we need to talk more offline about a, about a comeback. Yeah, let's yeah. see what we can do. Uh and Marco Arment, he is the creator of Instapaper, of course. And we do a show called Build and Analyze right here on Five by Five and uh, Marco.org is where you blog, right? And you're on uh you're on That's Twitter. Right. Marco Arment on Twitter. I have to M A R C O Arment. M-A-A-R-M-E-N-T. No I at the end. People always think I say I. There's no I. And you're also on this alpha, just as Marco. Any, anywhere else you, people should go to find you? I think I have an ICQ account somehow. Okay. What is that? 257 <laughs> I can't remember mine. <laughs> That's funny. All right. And uh, John Syracuse, we, we can, people can go and read these epic epic uh, Mac OS X or just OS X pieces that you've written. They can go all the way back in time to your first one and the most recent one by going to arstechnica.com. They can find your articles there. You don't blog really anywhere else. 
but you are on Twitter, Syracusa, S-I-R-A-C-U-S-A on Twitter and also on the Alpha. And uh, what what else are you doing? That's it. That's the only places for you, right? I don't know. I don't remember my ICQ number anymore. Yeah, I can't block that. Blocked it out. That and that stupid flower icon. Oh, that was the worst. Uh oh. Oh God. <laughs> oh, God. Thanks for that. <laughs> and H- Hattie, where where are you on Twitter? Um, at Hattie Bird. Hattie Bird. H A D D. There's no t- people always think it's a There's T. There's no T's. Yeah. It's not Patty. It's not Hattie. It's Hattie. It's, it's Hattie with two D's. Yep. Hattie. It's Bird. a weird one, but. <laughs> and uh, of course, I'm Dan Benjamin on Twitter and just Dan on the alpha.net. And again, 5by5.tv slash special slash eight is a place to go to get the links and things that we talked about. Uh, thanks very much to our sponsors. And of course, thanks to the cast of uh, wonderful cast of folks here, guys. Thanks for taking so much time to, to chat with me today. Thanks, Dan. Thank you, Dan. Good to be back on, on, on with you, Dan. Oh, finally. Bye, John. It's too much Dan today. Yeah. I'm over, I'm over Dan. I'm over my quota. I'm sorry. All right, guys. See you soon.